Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. In your Bibles this evening, you can turn to the book of Psalms, Psalms 110. Amen? Praise God. It's a good thing to know the Lord, a good thing to be born again, to know that Jesus is your Lord and your Savior. Praise God that heaven is your home. That if you were to go by the way of the grave, to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. Amen? Thank God that we have assignments, things we can do as we live upon the earth to obey God, spread the gospel. Amen? Preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not only that, and help others to do it. Praise God, we're doing a lot around here to get the gospel out. Working on a YouTube channel, but making plans to some conferences with the uh, Ryan and Kimberly Penn in Ireland this year. Things that God's doing. Wow, I'm so excited what God's doing. It's, it's just great to be, to be a part of what God's doing and what God's doing right here in the church. We've got some cool things coming up in the summertime that we're praying about, thinking about doing. So I'm telling you, it's time to be on fire for the Lord. Amen? Praise God. Now, we've been teaching on redemption. We talked early somewhere, you know, talked about words sticking to you. That's why you got to be careful what, what, what's said to you. And uh, I've stopped people before in conversations and said, nope. Can't talk to me like that. And, uh, you know, it's usually been about someone else. But here's the thing. There are words you want to stick to you. Yeah. And that's the Word of God. Yeah. And the problem is sometimes you've got to hold them on there for a while <laughs> for them to take hold, to take root. Amen. That means you've got to constantly expose yourself to it, confess it. Because many times it goes just constantly against the grain of everything else that's reality. But always remember what your reality is is just a fact. What the Word of God is is the truth. And redemption reveals not only what we have in Christ, but what we can do in Christ and who we are in Christ. And one of the reasons who we are in Christ is so important is because the greater understanding of who you are in Christ releases you. Many of us, from what we don't realize, is pent up feelings of guilt and condemnation thinking that there is some element of, of punishment that must be going on in our lives. Got to be. You know, life can't be that miserable without us being, you know, that somebody got to be punishing me for something, you know. And the problem is a lot of people used to think it was God. Well, you know, I've always known God was out to get me. I heard a lady give a, 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 a prayer request one time in a meeting I was at, wanted for her son. She prayed, Lord, let's pray to God, give him, put him in a car accident and lay him up in the, in the hospital for about, that'll get his attention. I thought, oh my God, don't pray for me like that. <laughs> Amen. But no, when you begin to find out these realities of who you are, what you have, and you begin to expose and those words begin to stick in your spirit, man, they literally redefine your identity, who you are. You don't see yourself as a poor old sinner saved by grace anymore. You see yourself as the righteousness of God in Christ, a new creature. You don't see yourself as the sick trying to get healed. You see yourself as the healed of God. When, when sickness comes at you, you don't see yourself as someone without healing. Let me ask you a question. If you were tempted to sin, some old sin you used to be involved in, that wouldn't be a sign you've lost your salvation just because you were tempted to sin. Then why would a symptom of the common cold or phase four cancer, why would that be any different? It's just a symptom. What's really true or truth is you are the healed of God. See, when that reality dawns or really sticks to your spirit, because see, we mentally assent to a lot of things we really think we have that we don't. 
because all you got to do is squeeze someone in a crisis and you'll find out what's on the inside. It don't take much, a little squeeze or a scratch and you'll find out what's going on inside somebody. Amen? But here's the thing. You can have so much of the Word on the inside. You can have so much of the Spirit of God on the inside of you that no matter how deep the scratch or no matter how hard the squeeze is, it's just going to be the Word coming out, the Word coming out, the Word coming out, praise coming out, worship coming out. Amen? You don't tear down with your words. You build up with your words. Amen? So now Psalms 110. Let's, let's dig into this a little deeper. We're going into some of what I like to call the meteor parts. And, and somebody said one time, well, you know, I've heard you te teach on redemption, and, and you know, I, I don't think I've got it like this. Every time you have an opportunity to hear the Word is another opportunity for God to reveal something to you. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how many times you've heard a particular message. You can hear it again and hear something you've never heard before because the Spirit of God has the ability to rightly divide the Word of God and literally help give you that piece of bread you need. Yeah. Amen. I, lo I love listening to messages over and I was listening to one the other day from somebody I love to listen to over and over and over. Now, Psalms 110. Now, notice this. This is a, re I, I would call this a redemptive reflection from the light in the future that we see it showing up before it actually ever arrived. You say, why? Now, here's David under an old covenant enjoying almost a New Testament relationship with God. Were, uh, incidences where he should have been destroyed or should have died, he found mercy and grace in the eyes of God. Well, he was a unique man. He was one of the few individuals upon the earth that walked in three unique offices. He was a prophet, he was a priest, and he was a king. Actually, we really, there may be one other we can qualify as that. I don't really teach in that area. It's really not relevant to strong doctrine. But here's the thing, David for sure. David for sure, prophet, priest, king. So he's got it three ways. He wasn't a perfect man. The word shows us very plainly. He got into, into trouble, got into a conspiracy, caused, caused the death of a very just man, uh, ended up uh, uh, in adultery with the man's wife, committed murder. I mean, that, that's, that sounds like something that you'd hear today. Man hadn't changed. But you know what he did? He repented. Boy, when that prophet came in there and told him that sheep story, that sheep story locked him up. He's ready to cut that guy's head off, and that prophet said, that guy is you, buddy. What did he do? Did he have the prophet executed? No. He fell on his face before God. That's why, David, that's why God said he's a man after my own heart. Now listen, this is a psalm of David. Psalms 110. It says, uh, let me get over here. The Lord said unto my Lord. Now wait a minute, you can't say that. What do you mean the Lord said unto my Lord? Now this is Old Covenant, this is David. You know what this actually means. It means God said unto Jesus. The Father spoke unto the Word. He's literally showing us right here these, these unique distinctions between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost and the unity of the Trinity, one God, one Spirit, Amen. And when the Bible says one baptism, people forget, yeah, it's just one baptism. We, we baptize the right way. No, we baptize the right way. They're not even talking about water. It's talking about one baptism. There's only one baptism. You say, what? None of, none of them mean anything unless you get that one. Unless you're, unless you're baptized into the body of Christ, you can go down wet all day, go down dry all day long, come up wet all day long, and all you're going to be is a wet and dry sinner the whole time. 
The Bible says if you'll believe with your heart, confess with your mouth, God raised Jesus from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So he is literally giving us a New Testament perspective. Now notice what he's saying here. The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thy enemies thy footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength. Now notice this term, term, term out of Zion. Everybody say, out of Zion. Now, in the, in, the, in the Bible, especially if you go study the book of Hebrews, Zion many times is a type of the church. So he is saying, I'm going to exercise authority. When you see that word rod, that's literally talking about, I'm, go, I'm going to bring a correcting rod into the earth. I'm going to bring authority into the earth. I'm going to strike. If I say strike. Now notice what it says. The Lord said, the Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Rule thou, now notice this, rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. Who's he talking about? Us in type and shadow. Israel in reality. Israel always has and always will have to rule in the midst of its enemies until the millennial reign, when Jesus will reign in Jerusalem and rule all the nations of the world. Amen? Can I get a better amen? amen? Now you've got to understand that. When you begin to understand that, you begin to understand some really deep realities of how you're anchored into this because of who you are in Christ. Amen? And he's saying, you're one of the ones. You're, you're part of that rod. I'm going to use you to exercise authority in the earth. Authority over depression. Authority over lack. Authority over all this craziness that goes on so that men and women can have peace, so that you can have peace and live in righteousness in some of the most tumultuous times the earth has ever seen. That's going to be a testimony in itself that you can just walk down the street and breathe with a smile on your face. Yeah, what does is, what is Joe Moore say? Giddy up. <laughs> Amen? Now notice, thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power, in the beautiness of holiness, from the womb of the morning, thou hast the dew of thy youth, the Lord, now notice, the Lord hath sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. The Lord at thy right hand shall strike through, notice this, kings. Everybody say kings. kings. In the day of his wrath. Oh boy. Everybody say kings. Everybody say kings. kings. Everybody say, now remember that. Remember the scripture. The Lord at thy right hand shall strike through kings in the day of his wrath. He shall judge among the heathen. He shall fill the places with the dead bodies. He shall wound the heads over many nations. He shall drink of the brook in the day, in the, in the way uh, thereof, or there, got it marked here. Therefore, therefore shall he lift up the head. Now, that, that almost sounds like some violent confrontation, some more dead bodies, all this kind of stuff. This is literally painting the picture of the church in the last days exercising the authority over whatever it is that's trying to bring destruction upon the earth. Let me just say this. People say, COVID was bad. Honey, it would have been a whole lot worse if we wouldn't have been here. If we wouldn't have been here, it would have been a whole lot worse. Well, it caught the church flat-footed. That's okay. I've seen some good fighters come from being hit, knocked down, flat-footed, get up and win the fight. And I believe we've got the fight won over COVID. 
Well, they got something else coming. That's okay. We're not going to get caught flat-footed this time. Amen. God is going to strike through kings in the day of His wrath. Who are the kings? Well, if He's going to be the King of kings and the Lord of lords, we're going to have to take our position as the kings upon the earth. What is a king? A king is a man or a woman that dare, would dare to rule their life through the decrees they make. That's what a king is. That's why God calls you a king. Is because He has designed you to rule your life through the decrees that you make. And he's given, <laughs> he's given you a whole book full of royal decrees that back up what He's put on the inside of your spirit. That if you'll just begin to say those and believe those and say those and believe those, then the reality of who you are as a child of the King will dawn upon you and you'll quit thinking like a peasant. And you'll quit thinking about punishment. You'll start thinking about the rewards of being a child of the King. Amen? Hallelujah. You're going to find out what a good decision it was one day to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. You're going to find out that way. You talk about, people say, oh, you just selfish bunch of self. You bet. I, I was the greatest act of self-preservation I ever got involved in was getting born again. He has saved my life. Glory to God, I got 15 more minutes. Can you believe that? First Peter chapter 2. First Peter chapter 2. Everybody say, King of kings and Lord of lords. Chapter 2 of 1 Peter. I'm going to read with verse 1. Let me read here just for a moment. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies. Now, you know what hypocrisies are. Man, you Christians, you're just a bunch of hypocrites. I always tell people like that, well, you ought to just come join the rest of us. <laughs> Takes one to know one, doesn't it? But you know what that is? Say one thing, do another. Well, I, I don't do that. I don't say one thing and do another. Amen? But the Bible says lay these things aside. Malice, amen. Guile, don't be bitter. Envies, wish I had. And all evil speakings. Judge the things coming out of your mouth. A lot of times, I heard a guy say this one time. He says sometimes to get rid of the darkness, you got to shut your mouth. <laughs> Amen. And at other times, to turn the light on, you're going to have to open your mouth. Oh boy. I notice this newborn babes. Desire, everybody say desire. The sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Well, I thought it was all the bad things I went through that caused me to grow. Not what the Bible says. The Bible says we grow by the sincere milk of the Word of God. That means we got to start feasting on the Word, eating on the... Say, so, well, I'll be glad we get to heaven. We don't, have to, we don't have to mess around with that Word no more. You'll find out that heaven, all that's in heaven is the Word. And that Jesus is the living Word. Uh, we better not get off on that. <laughs> if so be that you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, to whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Boy, isn't he precious? My, my, my. That old rough fisherman, that old gruff, rough, big old burly-handed fisherman is the only writer in the New Testament that uses the words precious. <laughs> isn't that cool? No, I guess, you know, it is to me. 
Amen. You're also as lively stones are built up, a spiritual house. Everybody say spiritual house. A holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the scriptures, behold, I lay in, here we go, Zion. Mm -hmm. A chief cornerstone, elect, precious, he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you, therefore, which believe, he is precious. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. You know what this is saying? It's saying, I don't care who believes it or not. He's the head. He is the head. Not only spiritually, but organically. He is the head. He resides in heaven itself in the seat of authority of the universe, seated in a flesh and bone body. His blood is fresh upon the mercy seat, and His Father is the creator of all that ever was. Only one one part of Him is missing, and that's His Spirit. It's in you because you're so valuable to Him that he wanted to live in you. He didn't entrust it to an angel. He didn't entrust it to a denomination or some idea or a doctrine itself. He entrusted it to himself. That's why he abides in you. Mm-mm-mm. That's one of the essence of redemption, of knowing who you are in Christ. I learned this early on. If we knew these truths by feelings, we would be overwhelmed. There's so much in it. I've gotten revelation from the word praying. I can show, take you to the different motel rooms and place that was happening where I would just start running around just kind of what I would call out of my mind. Really. If you'd have walked in the room at the time, you'd have thought I was a crazy person. I remember one time I was going to jump out the window and then remembered I was four stories up. But when revelation comes into your spirit... You give expression to it. See, notice, notice, what do you do when bad news comes? You know, I mean, really, you get really bad news. I know people cry and people, they give all kinds of expression to it. Amen. Why why, why not (laughs) give expression to that which is real on the inside of your spirit or your spirit man or your soul where it begins to affect your thinking, your feeling? Have you seen, well, have you ever felt God? Man, have I ever. Lord, have mercy. And in some of the most unusual places. Places where I would expect to feel him many times I've not. But it didn't mean he wasn't there and wasn't working. He proved me to be wrong in that, amen? Like if you don't feel something, I don't feel like I wait, we got to get a feeling going there. I knew some guys like that. Guy had his hand in the coat one time. Wouldn't shake your hand. The anointing was on that hand. My God, well, use it for something. Slap yourself with it. It might help you. (laughs) Oh, I'm telling you. I knew another one that had a ring. A certain minister blessed that ring. That was the anointing. But he lost his ring. That's why you got to stick with the word. Your lively stone built up, spiritual house, a holy priesthood, 
to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also, it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore which believe, he is precious, but unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. And the stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense, and to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But ye are, everybody say, this is me. Now here's your, this is part of your identity that you need to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. Because this will really help you. But ye, but you, but you, but you, but you, Jeff, Alan, but you, Doc, Chris, but you, every one of you, but you. Everybody say, but me. But now notice this. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. That's who you are. That's what God sees. That's what the devil sees. That's what he sees. That's what God sees. Man, why, are they, why, why are they having a problem with that COVID stuff? Don't, don't, they, don't they know they're a chosen generation? They know they're a royal priesthood? Don't, a holy nation? Listen to, listen to I love it in the Amplified. Verse 9 in the Amplified. But you are a chosen race. Whoa now, that's a pretty heavy word right there. Well, I'm this from this place or that from that place. You better figure out where you're from because where you're from is where you're going back to. <laughs> Amen. No, you're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a dedicated nation, God's own purchased special people that you may set forth the wonderful deeds and display the virtues and perfections of Him who called you out of darkness unto His marvelous light. Woo! My goodness! That means He wants His expression of you to testify to others of their own darkness and of His light. People that get around you that aren't saved should see themselves in darkness and them and you in light without you even really having to just really preach to them. Just by the way you treat them, by the way you love them, by the way you forgive them. And then your brothers and sisters in Christ should be the same way. Listen, we've taught this for years. It's amazing. If you would just act like this, if people would just act like this, when somebody wrongs you, when somebody says something about you, when somebody makes up something about you, when somebody does anything and it spreads all over the world in every newspaper, you just forgive them and you just forget it. And you just act like it never happened. That's exactly what you have to do because that's what the Father did for you. To, to not do that. You can always tell where it's going because you got to tell. And it's a judgment. And what you judge, you have to punish. It's built into the system. Amen? But don't do that. Please. You say, why? It's a seed. And it ends up not good. 
Because every seed reproduces after its own kind. And you look up in a few, uh, few weeks, a few months, and you a few years, man, nobody likes me. Everybody talks about me. Everybody does this. Everybody down there. And every church. And every pastor's an idiot. And every person is this. And every person is that. Well, okay, all right, we got you. We all know that. We just don't care. And your problem, you care, but you can't fix it, so why care? <laughs> See, sometimes you just got to use your head. Or something other than a hat rack. <laughs> Pops used to have a great saying. Mom was pretty demanding. <laughs> and she would say, he would say, Rusty. I'd say, Dad, why'd you do that? He'd say, Rusty, it's better to obey than to be sacrificed. <laughs> I have found wisdom in that over the years. But these are the words that need to stick on you. Amen. Hey, listen, you were just a fish like all of us out in the ocean. And somewhere a net got thrown and you got in that net. And you, you, went, you, you went through just being a pilgrim and stranger out there. And when you said yes to Jesus, you were chosen. And God pulled you into his family and made you into someone with a different race and a different nation. That's what's unique about the body of Christ on the earth. It's not America, church. It's the world. And in the world, all of the people of the world, no matter what they look like, no matter what color their skin is, how tall, how short, God has brought out above all the people one nation that serves one God in which God has reproduced Himself in them, cleansed them, and put an essence of Himself by His Spirit in us. And with each and every one of us He's done that for, there is a plan, there is a purpose, there is protection, there is a path of righteousness, and there is a real joy in just living life and knowing that you're doing everything you can do to pursue this wonderful God who made this plan available that has brought you into a chosen position that God Himself looks at you through eyes of royalty. Amen. I was telling somebody the other day, I'll close with this, telling somebody the other day, remember the story I told, well, some of you may remember, I told it a while back about uh, one, of the, one of the famous golfers, you know, getting a golf club from one of the sheiks. You know, the difference, we used it, I think a couple of times we've used it for an illustration when we took an offering about how, how different the thinking of the common man is from the king, how a king thinks differently than the common man and how God sees you as a king, wants you to think differently. So I don't remember if it was Nicholson or Palmer. One of those two. I remember it was one of the two. It was Palmer. Okay. So anyway, these golfers around here. Uh, he goes by request to Saudi Arabia, one of the countries over on the, in the Middle East, the request of a very wealthy oil man, and teaches this man the game of golf at a course that he had built. I don't remember if it's nine hole, 18 hole, what it was. So he, of course, you know, he, they picked him up in a private jet and paid him all kinds of money and all this. Well, the, the, he got to know the guy and all this kind of stuff. So the guy said to him when he left, he said, I want to give you a gift. But the, the, the golfer, he was very gracious. Well, oh, no, you've paid me. You've been more than, no, no, I want to give you a gift. So he thought, you know, kind of trying to back out of it or just something easy. You something easy. Anybody. Well, just give me a golf club, you know, buy me a golf club. 
And so he kind of thought, he even made the statement flying back to wherever he was going. He said, you know, I wonder, maybe it'd be a gold golf club. Maybe have some gold in it, something like that, you know, some jewels in it or something. So he began to think about it. After a few weeks, he'd forgotten about it. But after about six months, he had a thought one day, I wonder whatever happened, that guy's going to send me a golf club, never got a golf club. Sure enough, about two or three months after that, he got a knock on the door, and there's an attorney standing there with a briefcase, and he mentioned this, 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 uh, this guy's name, this oil guy's name. And he said, can I come in and talk to you for a minute? He said, sure. So he comes out, and he opens the briefcase, and he says, now, sheik so-and-so or whatever, he wanted me to, you, me to deliver you your golf club. And he pulls out a deed for a 140-something acre golf club in Northern California that was worth millions and millions of dollars with all these buildings and all this stuff that became actually one of his signature clubs. Here's your golf club. He's thinking, where's my golf club? But that's not the way the king thinks. That's not how the king thinks, see? So we're children of the king in Christ. We got the same DNA. Uh, the royal priesthood part, the chosen generation, the peculiar people. You ought to be a peculiar person. I guarantee you, I got a lot of people, you go call them right now, you say, what do you think about Russell? He's a peculiar person. <laughs> Amen? Well, you ought to be around everybody you know. You say, why? Because you're showing forth. Something's showing forth. Something's coming out of you all the time. Something, there's something showing forth. And let me just say this. Yeah, Brother Frank, if you'll go. Let me say this. Let me tell you, tell, tell, you, tell me. Let me tell you, I'll get it right here in a minute. <laughs> when you're serving God, doing right, loving God, you know, we all go through dramas. We all go through stuff in life. But when you're, when you're, when you're doing what you should do to the best of your ability, loving, did you know you, you just, you radiate hope to people. You don't realize that, but you do. Just your presence sometimes in a situation, around people, People get hope because the atmosphere is changed by you being around there. It's not, it's not uh, all the devils and demons, that, but you walk into a situation, people can sense, sense a change. And many of them not even conscious of it, but you know yourself. Amen. You say, why? Because God has given us that. He's given us that power. He's given us that authority. But He cares so much about people. He loves people. Just think what He did to get to you. That's why what we do is so precious. That's why it must be handled so tenderly. Because it is. Listen, the Holy Ghost is not fragile. The Word of God is not fragile. Amen. Our people say, well, if you don't have this atmosphere just right, the Holy Ghost won't move. Honey, I've seen him move in a bar. I was witnessing to a crazy man in a bar one time that was out of his mind on cocaine. And I'm telling you, man, I thought, man, there ain't no way. And I'm walking out of this bar. And as I do, I hear this sob. And I look, and there's a little lady sitting there. And she said, can I talk to you, sir? I said, yeah. She said, I'm a Pentecostal something, something from somewhere in Tennessee. She said, I know about what you just said. I could get right with God. Would you pray with me to get right with God? I said, let's pray right now. She's standing in a bar, prayed with her. She gets right with God. She invites the entire staff of that establishment to that meeting tonight. We had about uh, 180 people there, and we had about 60 people, the entire staff of that whole uh, uh, complex there, and the bars that were around them all got saved that night because the Holy Ghost moved in a bar. But what is fragile is us. We're what's, of the whole combination and mixture of what God's doing in the earth, we're what's fragile. 
So you got to guard what's righteous, guard what's holy, guard your heart. Don't let your soul get sick because then you know you're not prospering. How are you going to pay your bills when your soul is sick? The Bible says, Beloved, I wish above all things you may prosper, be in good health. Amen. Sometimes you got to gauge how you're feeling by the words you've allowed yourself to be exposed to. I did that a while back. I was driving through Houston and I started going, Whoa! You know, I started actually having an anxiety attack. And I, when I started later asking God, what happened to me? He said, you have been saying for years how, how you hate driving in Houston. Huh. Well, I was busted, buddy. I mean, El Busto. He said, you tell everybody that'll listen how bad the traffic is, how you've been driving 70 miles an hour, 2 o'clock in the morning. Everybody knows that's true. You wouldn't lie. But if you quit saying that, you wouldn't get anxious. I quit saying it. I let Leah start driving. I <laughs> mess with this stuff no more. <laughs> Amen. Hey, sometimes you got to fight with both fists. <laughs> you love the Lord? See yourself as God sees you. Rule, listen to me. Rule in the midst of your enemies. Don't get mad at work because everybody's a heathen. Pray God tell you, I pray God get me out of here. No, you're the only life those people have. And time is so short. And they're so precious to God that He puts you right there in the midst of them. Amen. God will give you a way to reach them. Touch their hearts. A door will open and you'll be ready. Amen. Stand on your feet, Father. We bless the people tonight. We surround them with faith and love. We speak protection and healing over them. Declaring Psalms 91, no evil befalls us, no plague comes nigh our dwelling place, that the angels of God have charge over us. So, Father, we thank you tonight as we leave, whether we travel on the highways, airways, seaways, railways, or any other way of travel or transportation. We declare we are the protected and blessed of God. Thank you, Father. Stirring our spirit man on the inside. Causing an evangelistic eruption of desire and heart in us to be a demonstration of who we are, the children of God. Royal priesthood, chosen generation, peculiar nation. Thank you for it, Father. So as we leave tonight, thank you that we can be an answer to somebody's prayer, miracle in someone's life. Thank you, you said in your word, you've given us four signs and wonders in these last days. Thank you, Lord. Fathers, we leave tonight. We walk in faith and love for, towards you. Thank you so much for your kindness toward us. We walk in love toward one another. Thank you for our church and those you've given us to do life with. Thank you, Father, that we are the ambassadors of Christ. You've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. Covered by the blood. Powered by the word. Anointed by the Holy Ghost. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah.